Episode 51, Demote Yourself to Co-Captain. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Hey, elite educators, this is Gretchen from Always a Lesson. Whether you're teaching a lesson or learning one yourself, this podcast is for you. I am here to empower you to reach whatever your potential might be. And I refer to you as elite because it really takes someone who is elite to invest in themselves by listening to a podcast like this to help hone their craft. I love looking through all the ratings and reviews you're providing. This week's shout-out goes to Michael Neely. He's a fellow podcaster. His podcast is called Consciously Speaking. He entitled his review, Awesome Stuff. And he says, Gretchen lays it down in a way that is actionable and informative without being preachy. I love this show. Well, thanks so much, Michael. I am excited that a fellow podcaster is listening. I know your plate is full doing your thing and then a podcast on top of it. And now you're listening to an education podcast. So I think that's fantastic. And I love your specific review telling me that what I'm providing is actionable, that teachers are able to go back into their classrooms the very next day and apply what they've learned. But it's also informative to let them know about things they might not have heard before or a new approach or perspective. And I even appreciate you letting me know I'm not preachy. (laughs) I love that sometimes us teachers can really put on our teacher hat and have that authoritative tone. And so I'm glad that you're finding that what I'm sharing is great information, but it's said in a way like it's just chatting with your friend and not someone like your parent who's telling you you're getting into trouble. So really, again, appreciate you. Well, today I want to help you reignite that passion and potential by talking about making your students accountable throughout a lesson by changing one simple behavior that every one of us teachers exhibits. So hang on, this is going to be one empowering ride. So I know you know this, but we teachers create such detailed lesson plans Like, oh my gosh, we think through the teacher actions and the student actions and the time frame for each thing and the support and differentiation that's needed, but also making sure everything we're designing is aligned to the standard and that the objective is something that could be manageable to be attained in one classroom period and we have a way to measure it. Holy cow, that's a lot for just one lesson, especially in elementary school where a lesson could be 30 minutes and you have to do uh, tons and tons of plans for every subject you teach. It's a lot. And we spend so much time behind the scenes preparing these things to only get on stage for a few minutes and deliver them. And you look at this piece of paper thinking, Gosh, I thought about you all weekend, and I've been pouring all of my thought and all of my care into it, and now I'm up here, and time is flying by, 
I wish it were reversed, but I have learned throughout my years in the classroom that you are never really on stage as a teacher. A lot of your work is behind the scenes. I refer to it as 80-20. I mean, it is 80-20 in meetings, 80-20 in preparing lesson plans, 80-20 in communicating with parents, and that means 80% of your time is behind the scenes with 20% actually on stage in front of students. And I know I say that about my husband who's a lawyer, and I thought, man, you're going to be in the court room every day. How fun. But all I ever see that man do is read and write. I don't ever get to see him go to court. And it's because it's the 80-20. And I love what teachers do to make sure they are using backwards design appropriately, really finding out, okay, what is that standard I need to teach? What's a manageable objective I can teach that's aligned to that standard? Now let me design that assessment so that it is actually measuring the objective I'm trying to teach today. And from there, let me figure out what activities I'm going to have students do to prepare them so that they can do well on that assessment. And then from there, let's think about my approach during the whole part of the lesson to ensure I am reaching all of my students' needs And let's not forget all the materials I'm going to need to be able to do so. And oh yeah, what are the teaching points that I need to make sure I am good on so I can deliver a fantastic lesson? I mean, there's just so much just in the thought process before it even lands as a lesson plan, before you can even look over it and make sure you're ready to go for the next day. This is a ton of stuff. And, you know, we're required, at least at my school and district, to put the standards and the objectives on the board. And I can't tell you how many people comply with that but then do nothing with it. And that's just not enough anymore. You know, some awesome teachers I have seen, and shout out to the newbie teachers who are now doing it, putting the standards and the objectives on the actual exit ticket. So it makes your job so much easier when you're looking at it to say, okay, this is the student's response. This was the question I asked. Does it actually demonstrate, oh, the objective is right here. I can never forget what it was I wanted them to do. That really holds you and your students accountable to ensure the learning experience is aligned. And it's great for parents when they see a sheet of paper and not just a grade, but they say, oh, you were supposed to be learning this and your answer has nothing to do with that. Now I understand why you didn't get full credit. And I think this really puts us all on the same page. But teachers rarely mention what the objective is throughout the lesson. And some are even lucky to mention it at all. And so the question is, why are we doing all of this work behind the scenes and then we get up in front of students and we don't even tell them the point of what we're doing? It's like telling a story but never telling the title of the book. The title has so much to do with what you're about to learn and the journey you're about to embark on. So why start this amazing lesson and never tell kids, not the topic of the lesson, but what are they actually going to be learning? And what that means is really designing an experience, but putting students in charge of the work so that they can get to the destination. It's not about us. It's about students. I know we're putting in a lot of the work, but then we show up and have to put on a three-ring circus too. It's exhausting, and the kids don't have to do anything but show up and breathe, and then they receive some sort of a grade. And I just want us to start putting our kiddos into the driver's seats. That means we prepare the experience, but then we hand over the keys, they sit in the driver's seat, and we are now demoted. We are at co-captain status, and we should be fine with that. 
that because it's no longer about us. We've done everything that needs to be done behind the scenes. The lesson is now ready for them to experience it. So it's up to us to now follow them along on the journey right next to them, holding their hand, ready to guide them. But we're no longer putting on the dog and pony show. So here's the new approach that I want you to have. Hand over your map and hand over the keys. Whatever it is you need for this road trip, hand it over. Use that backwards design and create a syllabus. That means that you're handing to students, you know, the standards. What are the outcomes? What are the deadlines? What are the assignments? Just like you would when you went to college. You were so prepared because you knew when you sat in class that first day, what is expected of me? Where are we going? What does this look like? Just like handing a calendar for the quarter. When you're backwards planning, you know where you're going. Why keep that from kids? How helpful could that be to them? knowing what they need to accomplish. They love games. They love seeing what they have to do to get to the next level. They love to see how many levels there are. And I think this would be really motivating to your students to have that map, and now they have the keys to actually drive the car. So what I would suggest is start bi-weekly, and then shoot for monthly, and if you're really over-adventurous, you can go for quarterly. It's not going to take you more time because you've already done it. It's just now that you're sharing it with students. I don't know why we never did it before. It seems so obvious. But it really increases your accountability to stay on pace. I mean, you can still make appropriate adjustments without getting too far behind. But this really makes sure you are doing what is needed and you're honing in on what is the most important thing. And students are now aware of it. They can move at their own pace. They've now got this contract. They know what is all this I need to complete, and I can go through it at my own pace. And I'm going to sit in on those mini lessons, and I'm going to learn what I can, and I'm going to get pulled for a small group, but I have got this roadmap. I know where I'm headed. I know what I have to accomplish today. I have to demonstrate this skill or this strategy, and here's how I'm going to do it. And anxious kids will absolutely be over the moon for this because this really helps them say, okay, I'm prepared. I know everything that's about to happen to me. And now their blood pressure returns to normal. It's fantastic. I mean, when I was in college, I got that syllabus. I was reading assignments ahead of time. I was mapping out all my papers and preparing study guides for tests as classes came and went. I was always trying to stay a step ahead or at least prepped and ready for what was about to become so that I never was overwhelmed. And it felt good knowing what to expect. I knew that there were three papers and here were the weekends that I was going to have to devote to them. It just really kept me aware and kept me accountable, but it put me in charge. The teacher had designed the whole experience already, but now it was up to me to do my part. And that's what we need to do. We need to pass the baton to students and we're just not doing it enough. You know, this will really help teach your kiddos forward thinking and planning and hello life skills. And so we can then model to them and make suggestions for how to complete assignments or how to manage our time. But really, it's a great time for them under our support to figure this out on their own so that when they get to middle school, when they get to high school, when they get to college, they're self-motivated and self-regulated. They don't need to learn how to take notes and how to prepare ahead of time for something and how to plan backwards to ensure you have enough time to complete it. They're like, oh yeah, my teacher in elementary school taught me this, or my teacher in middle or high school, wherever you are, everyone can start doing this. So I would say 
let's be realistic with how this is going to go. Quarter one is probably going to be an out-of-body experience, like the Twilight Zone, especially if you have really younger kids. I'm thinking like K2, they're going to be like, what is this? <laughs> especially if they can't read or write. So you may want to rethink how this looks. But quarter two and three, if you're consistent with this, they're going to start getting the swing of things. And by quarter four, they're about to get bossy because they're addicted to this freedom. They love the responsibility. They're taking so much ownership and they're learning that they're going to be craving more and more information from you of what's to come and how they can get there and, you know, what are they going to learn? And I can't wait to demonstrate this uh, skill and I can't wait to show you all that I've learned. And they're going to be able to look at a standard and be able to tell you, oh yeah, that's when blank, blank, blank. And it's all because you've put it in front of them so much that they're prepared and ready. So let's just start now. In fact, this is what I want you to do. Even though it's the end of the year, I think it's a great time to practice. Let's just get our feet wet. Tomorrow, go into class, just announce what the objective is. And that way students know what they're going to have to do, what skill or strategy they need to demonstrate. And if your objective is a task, like complete a worksheet, well, that's not an, a real objective. So you want to, that right there is an alarm to you. Okay, I got to work on this objective thing and just redraft it. But that's all I want you to do tomorrow. And if you are already announcing your objective, I'm going to push you to announce it throughout the lesson. So if you haven't been announcing it before, Start by announcing it at the beginning of the lesson, like the title of a book. But then if you've already been doing that, I want to push you throughout the lesson. I want you to then start reminding students, remember, well, this is what we're trying to learn today. It's that gradual release of responsibility throughout the lesson when it's the I do the direct instruction. You're letting them know this is what I'm teaching you here. Remember our objective as you do the guided practice, the we do portion, you remind them again all right, guys, we're practicing so we can blank and state that objective. And when it's time for that independent practice, when you're giving the directions, you want to make sure you're saying, we're doing this because, and you're telling them the objective. They've got to have a reason and a direction to go. They have to be aware of what it is they're supposed to be doing, and it's supposed to be mastering an objective. And so it's a great time to just remind them what that is. Point to it. Have them read it. They can chorally say it together. They can restate it or rephrase it. They can check it off on the board. Whatever is going to be your system, keep coming back to it. It's like every time you're on a hike, you're checking the map, making sure you're going on the right path and that you're making ground and you're moving forward. I mean, that's exactly what you're doing throughout the lesson is coming back to this map, which is your objective. Am I going in the right direction? Have I told students what, it, what this is? Because they can't go on to guided practice and independent practice if you didn't do a good enough job explaining whatever the skill or strategy is that's listed in your objective. And if you don't have one, we got to back up even further. But if you have just finished your direct instruction and said what your objective was, and you're like, yes, I made sure I said that, and maybe even do a quick Q&A to make sure, then move into the guided practice and make sure everything you're doing again is aligned. There's no point in doing something if it's not to help them get better whatever the objective says. And same thing with independent practice. If it's unrelated, 
then you got to ditch it. You got to make sure all these things are aligned in that assessment. Even if it's an exit ticket or a discussion question, something quick, you've got to be able to measure, were students able to demonstrate this? And sometimes you're going to say, we need more time. But don't just assume because you ran out of time or that students needed more time to think of an answer that you need more time. Have some concrete evidence that you need more time. Even if it's a bunch of post-it notes that you file away that say, yep, they couldn't even answer this first question. At least you have documentation that you needed to spend more time. So really, really focus on this objective and making sure students are driving the bus. It's so helpful when you are saying the objective so much because it's ingrained in your brain in that lesson. And every conversation you have with students, that's all you're thinking about. That's the lens to which you're looking at something. Is okay, if we're working on comparing and contrasting, are the questions I'm asking helping them compare and contrast? Or is the activity I'm asking them to do comparing and contrasting? This person I'm working one-on-one with, are they demonstrating to me that they know how to compare and that they can contrast, or do they need help in one area or the other? Knowing the objective helps you and your approach stay focused. It is laser-like. All you care is about that skill that you told them they need to reach, and all they care about is that skill they're supposed to be learning. You can do a million different learning experiences outside and inside the classroom, but as long as everything you're doing is really focused on that objective, you are going to be golden. And again, that assessment piece is really going to be helpful for you to know not just did they get it or did they not, but to what degree did they get it. Maybe you don't need to spend a whole nother day, but maybe you need to do a part two quick mini lesson to add on to that and do an exit ticket at the beginning of the class after you do a quick mini lesson and say, I know we needed to dig into this deeper. I've got more examples for you and then I'm going to give you an exit ticket, but then we're going to move into what today's lesson is. I mean, there's ways to make adjustments and ensure that students are getting the practice they need so that they have that skill. And don't be afraid to go back and spiral these skills. It's not just teach it once because they're not going to retain it after just a few days of learning something. Make sure you're building it in in all other content areas and throughout the year. So I told you before that tomorrow I just wanted you to start playing with saying the objective, whether it's just at the beginning of class to develop that habit or saying it throughout the lesson to ensure everyone's on the same page and looking at the same map and really watching their progress. Then... Next day or next week, I want you to start providing a paper syllabus. Even if it's just for the single day of what's to be accomplished, it's going to be a great outline. On it will have the standard. It'll have the objective. Like everything that the lesson plan has, your students are going to have. And maybe you just project it so they don't have their own copy, but... It's a great time so that they can just see, okay, this is the required component by the end of the class. This is the flow of the class. This is about how long things are going to take. This is what I have to read or complete or whatever. And students can start checking it off or they can jot notes or whatever. It's just to guide your instruction. But why should you be the only one that has the map? I mean, everyone should be able to see, okay, this is what we're doing next. You know, and even ask kids, okay, what do we need to do next? Oh, we need to practice. Well, before we practice, we actually need to practice together. See this next section? We're going to dive into that now. And now kids and you are using the same language. They're going to say guided practice or independent practice or I do, we do, you do. Whatever terminology you use, they're on the same page. They're going to be able to look at your lesson plan and say, yes, I did this. Okay, now I have to do this. Oh, I didn't do this activity or I didn't really demonstrate this. Let me go back. I mean, you're really putting them in charge And there's no secrets. It's just like when you give them a rubric for a project. They now know what to do. 
And when you're ready, start providing a syllabus for the next few days. So the first one you tried was just for the day. And you're like, okay, I I figured out how I want to use this. And the kids really like looking at it. This is what I'm going to tweak. Okay, I'm going to do it for the next few days um, so that they can see a week at a glance or maybe Monday through Wednesday instead of just Monday. And their eyes are going to grow wide thinking, oh, my gosh, she's telling me our secrets. I know what the teacher's going to teach two days from now. Like they are going to feel totally behind the scenes, VIP passes and all. And if you feel like, okay, I did it for one day. I did it for three days. I'm ready to do it for the week. Okay, I'm ready to do it for two weeks. Okay, I'm ready to do it for a month and a quarter. And you're going to build up to where you feel like, okay, I got this. And you're going to start writing your lesson plans in just a syllabus form so it's good for students. You're not doing double duty. But I think your admin's going to look at this and say, this is so cool that students are going to see what they're supposed to be doing, and you can just facilitate so much more and really meet students' needs because they're the ones that are now in charge. That's why project-based learning works so well because students are given all the expectations and all the rules and said, go, and that's kind of what we're doing. Although we are still in charge of the instructional part, we are handing over a ton of the responsibility, and kids are going to love it. If they're absent, they're going to know exactly what they need to do. They don't have to check in with you. They've got their syllabus. They can even complete the work without saying, hey, what did I miss? Did you save me extra copies? It's check your syllabus. You know, if kids are on vacation, they don't need this packet that you normally have to prepare for them. They are just going to look at their syllabus, see the materials that they're going to need, and boom, they're getting it done at their leisure. I mean, just hand it over. There is no reason you need to be in charge. They just need the tools to be successful, and that means knowing what the plan is. Why keep a syllabus at just the college level? I mean, kids can handle what you give them. They need more ownership and accountability, especially in this generation. It's going to really prepare them for the rest of their educational lives and then in the career field. So these are life skills that are more important than ever. And I think you're about to impress the heck out of your own kids, their parents, your colleagues, your admin team, but I think these kids are going to impress you the most. So go kick butt and then email me and tell me all about how this goes from demoting yourself to co-captain. All right, elite educators, that is a wrap for this week's podcast on passing the ownership and accountability onto your students so that they can master the daily objectives and standards. Now, go out and be great because you've just been empowered. This podcast is sponsored by the Educators Podcast Network, a podcast network that encourages you to think about your profession and succeed in the world of education. Whether you're a first-year educator or a seasoned veteran, there is a podcast for you. All of the shows are produced by educators who want to shape education through meaningful discussion and content. So head on over to edupodcastnetwork.com for more details. (laughs) 